Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the she in offensive. <laughs> Shiv. Uh, for a second, I was like, what is the actual word we're trying to... <laughs> I'm like, okay. I also... I'm like, I know she. I know it's a she, but I'm like, oh, offensive. Offensive. Okay. But if you had a list. Or something. Or... Or if you're me, whatever. My yeah. name is Summer Yeager. I know. I was gonna say I find myself saying words wrong fairly regularly. Oh yeah, how, I'll probably do it in this episode. How does one speak? I don't remember. My name is Summer Yeager. <laughs> I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. Have I told you about my quilt story? Okay. Are you quilting now? <laughs> no, no, not me. No. Okay. Like not. I was gonna say, we <laughs> your face <have> really. <laughs> you were like, how long was I on come vacation? <laughs> Are you serious? No, no, no. Like, you can't... Not learn, I. You can't be learning bread and quilting Absolutely. in one year. Absolutely not. And having a baby no. in one year. I, I bet someone listening has done that. Right. Was it me? No. Right. Is it going to be me? <laughs> Nay. We still have time. <laughs> There's time, but no. Um. So, a year, over a year ago, one of our listeners made me a quilt. Like... Uh, for Mara right and she sent it and it never showed up in my RPO I remember box. you telling me that like which we... is horrible because what of all not to say that you'd want to lose any gift in the mail right but a quilt a handmade <laughs> a quilts do not it's not like you just like whip one up they don't well, come together I th- I'm sure some of you do some of you have whipped a we're quilt gonna get up. voicemails that are yeah. like um nay I can whip up a quilt. You all, they're too busy to know how to use a phone, though. So (laughs) it's fine. Um, So I waited and waited. I even, and it never was in my box. And then I talked to the post office and asked them, and I was like, hey, I'm waiting for this package. It was sent here. They had nothing for me, no help, nothing. That sounds like any, pretty much any government entity. It was horrible. So, what can and then I they do? Spit on you, and they're like, right. "Get out of here!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think we're supposed to like transport your mail efficiently or something? Like, oh, it wasn't in your box. Sounds like a you problem. Right. Was kind mm-hmm. of the response that I got. Yeah. So this was, I mean, this was like last summer. This was a year. This was like the 2021. Yeah. Um, and so she writes me back months later, and she's like, "You will not believe what just showed up at my house." And, like, the USPS had her box for months. Where was it? Where was it? I think she got it. I'm trying trying to remember now, but it's, like, she sent this out in, like, April of 2021. And I'm talking, like, in the fall. She's, like... It turned up back at her... It might have even been, like, winter of this year. It It was a ridiculous... It was unbelievable. It was 
shocking is what it was it was shocking i'm just like could you guys provide some tracking info i want to see where this thing went where has this been and how did it get sent it's back been like under a and the w- seat in the mail truck yeah or something. <laughs> and why did it take so long so then she's like i'm sending this to a different p.o box because i don't trust your p.o box and right. i was like i don't i please right i'm mad at them like <laughs> please do so then it sits in another P.O. box and gets sent back to her. It shows up back at her door like two months later. <laughs> that's like nervous laughter. That's because this right. story makes me nervous. Right. And it's so sad. Okay. So then she's like, listen, where can I actually send this? Right. It's going to get to you. And at this point, I was Are just like. Are you a real person? Yeah. Am I even real? Are you real? Am I like an Who AI? Who did I make a quilt for? <laughs> Who did I make a quilt for? Or why do you hate my quilt? Right. You're just like, <laughs> is she just sending this back to me? Is this like how she's telling me she hates it without right. telling me she hates it? <laughs> so earlier this week, I, I just told her, I was like, listen, I'm giving you my address. Here's my address. I get boxes here all the time. Right. Amazon knows where I'm at. The USPS knows where I'm at. Right. It's never been They've a problem. It. <laughs> yes. Well, but also I've I've gotten plenty of boxes at my PO box, so I don't know right. what happened. And the size of the box would have fit in my PO box. Yeah. So it's not like that would have been. Well, and I hope that if you received something that won't fit in the PO box, they're not just like, well, send it back. <laughs> don't don't say anything to anyone. Don't just send it back. No notification. Which maybe that is what they that would do. Probably but... it might be what they do. Listen, if you work for USPS, I love my mail lady. So I just just putting Some it out of there. Them are good. Of course. I love my mail lady, and that's why I was like, I'm just giving you my home address. <laughs> um, please don't look it up on Google because it's been redone since then and it looks like a crack house on Google Maps. Anyway. <laughs> I have to get over myself with that one. But if you look at my address on Google Maps, it looks like I absolutely make cook meth. Like that's... Wow. <laughs> it's really bad. Wow. I'm going to have to... Uh, Before they fixed this house up, it was... Anyway. Um, <laughs> so all I just say, her quilt got here two days, I don't know, earlier this week. And I, and I now know why... Like, I know quilts take time. Mm-hmm. And effort. Yeah. And of course, if you put thought and time and effort into someone's gift, you want them to get it. But this quilt, I have never seen a quilt so beautifully put together. Wow. And not just was it beautifully put together, it was thoughtful. She stitched Bible verses into it. Oh, wow. She like obviously knows my favorite color. Right. And and I will never get over this. I turn it around because I'm just like inspecting it. And I'm positive like... Obviously, I'm not a quilt master, but I'm pretty sure if like anybody else who makes quilts looked at it would also be like, wow, like this wow. is amazing. But like <laughs> she if there's a little pocket on the back and I'm like a pocket and I pull out. And I mean, it's this big. Mm-hmm. It's like one and a half inches by one and a half inches. And I pull out this little there's a hand stitched little card with hand-stitched instructions on how to wash and care for it that fits. It's like a little wow. card that she, like, stitched. I mean, it's the cutest thing. So, anyway. Worth um, the wait. Yeah, and, it, and she wrote this, this beautiful letter, and it was dated April 24th of 2021. And I finally got to read it this week because it's been floating around. and Over a year later. For over, yeah. Isn't that crazy? That quilt, <laughs> I wonder where that quilt went. 
I know where this quilt went on a journey. Seriously. And I'll never know. We'll never know. Pixar movie. (laughs) Right. Seriously. But it's like perfect. Also, Quilt Master sounds like some kind of. (laughs) That's what they call him, right? Reality TV. I feel like if you're good at making quilts, you're called that. Like it's like the journeyman of journeyman of quilts is the quilt master. Mm -hmm. She's a she's a quilt master. I mean, it's I have to show I'll have to show you. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. It just. I don't even want to wash it. I mean, I'm I'm gonna use it because that's what it's for. But right, I like I'm kind of nervous because yeah, yeah. Please don't put it back in that box. No, and make it sit there. Please use it. I immediately got rid of the box. I was like, "You are free yeah, of the box. This box is cursed, dear quilt. You never have to see the box again. To the recycling you go, please. But also, I mean. Poor box. I mean, it really held up for a year. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, I didn't even think about that. That box was, I mean, it was thrown I'm around so all over the country. Happened, she does I'm not so live close. Ha- She's not in a neighboring state. Right. Like this thing went far. Right. And she mailed it three times. Not far enough to <laughs> qualify a year. Yeah. No. Definitely not. <laughs> anyway. That's that's my well. I'm story. so glad you finally yeah. got it. I remember you telling me something about that at some point in the last year. Uh yeah, <laughs> maybe even more than once. Probably more than once. But <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I'll show you. Very nice. You like what it. color is it? You said she knew. Well, it's a really color, but... well. It's colorful, but it's it's mainly yellow. Okay. And then it just has different colored like strips of fabric that are just like all, they're all complimentary and they're perfect and cool. There's rainbows and there's like hand stitched Bible verses and just what you would expect from a quilt master. To, uh, blew me away. I that the fact that people can make that, I know, confuses me. I know. <laughs> like what? How? S- yeah, sewing is really it's a skill. There's I can't even tell you how many times I thought I wish I could make that. Yeah. And that's as far as it goes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I know. I feel like we grew up in like the generation of like you just buy it. Right. Which is a blessing. And I'm not trying to knock that. It's I'm I'm so happy that we can. That you don't have to sew all your clothes. But I also think it's totally worth it to to uh, work hard and gain a skill. Yeah. That you could like. Oh, I've been. I definitely. So I don't know how to. So construct items from nothing. Yeah. But I do, I have been working on like mending. Okay. Yeah. So I know a few stitches yeah. and I have figured out how to mend certain yeah. things just because I'm like, I have to be good for something. Right. Yeah. I've really been focusing on kitchen skills the last five years. And I feel like it's not that I've, arrived because I haven't arrived mm-hmm. there's still plenty to learn and plenty to do yeah me too but I do feel like I'm at a point now in my cooking where I could it doesn't take as much effort mm-hmm. to produce something to where maybe now I need to focus on a different room in the house oh, okay. to like you know I think it's good to have those goals even if you just yeah. pick a food like honestly it seems very simple and i accomplished this goal very quickly into the year but i, I we just don't we don't eat a lot of rice and stuff so oh. this earlier this year i was like 
I'm just going to get rice down. And it happened really fast. It yeah. literally took me no time at all. <laughs> because of the Instant Pot? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. But <laughs> it took me no time at all, but just mm-hmm. set those little goals for yourself. Yeah. Some of them, obviously, like learning how to bake bread is probably going to take you longer um, than Am how I to not... make scrambled eggs. Yeah. But you just pick those little things and... Yeah. Eventually, you know how to make bread, and eventually, you're like, "Oh yeah, I got rice down." It's just oh yeah, A, B, and C. Oh man, we eat equals so rice. much rice. I've actually, it's funny you said that because I decided what I need to, uh, uh, I don't know, just have more in my arsenal is brown rice. Oh okay, because it, it's all kinds of different. Like white rices are super easy, but brown rice is a little finickier. Yeah, it's definitely different, and in so and it's, it's just composition. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I started brown rice last week and I kind of have like a, I cook it in a big batch with like different seasonings and then I keep it in a bag in the fridge and then it just like is an extra, you know, for dinner. Like here's the right. starch for it the like night. It fills in. Or whatever. And yeah. Stretches been, the meal a little bit. Yeah. That's further. super convenient. Rice. Who knew? Plants. Plants was another one. I've actually kept four plants alive for the last wow. two years and i added the cactus that we got for mm-hmm. my birthday trip how's that doing he's good he's good i actually uh i iced him the other day oh okay so the cactus is doing good and then i had i got a zz plant for my room oh, okay. which is when i learned a very important fact about the zz plant that apparently well this is like why other women in the church are so valuable is because all of a sudden, so ZZ plants are supposed to be like the house plant. Like you can't kill them. Right. You know? No, obviously that's not true. I really <laughs> hated when I first started getting plants. People were like, you can't kill this one. Like, don't tell me that because I did. And you're making me feel dumb. You're, are you challenging me right yeah. now? <laughs> but I got a ZZ plant and all of a sudden, a couple of weeks ago, at 2.30 in the afternoon, every single day gnats would descend upon my bed what 2 30 every day thousands of gnats no idea where they're coming from whatever so i talked to um dallas who works in you know Uh and uh he was like oh do you have a plant in your room and i was like yeah and he was like okay go look at your plant (laughs) and lo and behold they were all coming from my zz plant Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, put it outside. And I was like, well, I wanted it inside. That's why I bought an indoor plant. Yeah. So I did put it outside. But the reason and was then it too wet or. Well, thankfully, thanks to other women in the church, <laughs> our friend posted a picture of her gorgeous newborn baby. And I saw a ZZ plant in the corner. And I was like, OK, listen, he's adorable. Yes. I have questions first. first. <laughs> Love your baby. Love him. Secondly, adorable. <laughs> do you have gnats at two thirty every afternoon? And if you don't, how, how... Are gnats though? Are they are they there? <laughs> Bless everyone because they were all like, "Oh, that happened to me." Basically, if you water a ZZ plant before the soil has completely dried up, you will get gnats. Okay, like so they just that's they how don't it is. Want to be too the, saturated. The soil has to get bone dry. Then you water it. Okay. If you if it's even just like mildly damp and you water it, you're gonna get gnats. Okay. So anyway, I just sat it outside in the Arizona heat for a couple days. Okay. And oh, that, it was like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it's a big pot. I right. mean, it's large, <laughs> and uh, I don't have that problem anymore. I'm so glad you figured out your gnats. 
problem. Me too. That was, it was horrible. I had to vacuum. I mean, let's be honest, I vacuum every day, but I had to like (laughs) really vacuum. And then yesterday I was trying to kill a fly with like um, a wash, like a towel (laughs) that I had. And the fly landed up on like the lights over my bathroom mirror. And so I flicked the towel at the lights and a shower of gnats Oh, no. Because I didn't think to vacuum the top of my bathroom lights. Well, well now I, I do. have. Daily. So, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> it was just a horrible experience. Like, I did not know. I thought I'd gotten all of them. Now that I have made some successes in the kitchen, I am going to focus on obsessively vacuuming all of the surfaces of my house. <laughs> I bought an air filter. <laughs> I mean, I really was looking okay. for, like, how can I clear this out? Right. Because it was bad. But anyway, um, there are people out there who are like, plants are not worth all this. And that was me several years ago. And now I'm like, I am going to figure this out. I'm going to have plants. Set goals for yourself. Yeah. That's one of my goals. I'm going to have plants and I'm going to figure it out. And And you are figuring it out. I am. Well, you're right. Um, I don't even know what part of our introduction we've done and which part we have. According to some, too much introduction. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> They're like, what could they possibly be talking about today? Bread, plants, <laughs> gnats. I didn't sign Vacuuming. up for this. Vacuuming. Boring. What are these ladies got nothing going on? No, no. We just told you we have. So I told much you what on. I have going on. I have to vacuum my bathroom lights. We today. just spent forty-five minutes talking about how much we have going on, sir or ma'am. Stop being so happy. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm doing something boring. This is my beautiful <laughs> summer. <clears throat> Regardless of what we accomplished so far, we can at least establish that. Yeah. Um, here we are. Here we are. I, um, I have gotten many emails lately about something that I thought, I honestly thought I was annoying you all with this because I say it so much, but the emails asking me for this, um, have opened my eyes to the fact that perchance and perhaps (laughs) I have not been interesting, uh, very vocal about this so i'm gonna say it now um we have something called a patreon oh and uh that's where we do book club mm-hmm. so when we meet for book club on wednesday afternoons at 1 30 pacific time um you have to be on our patreon mm-hmm. and you do that by going to the website that I thought I was annoying you all with, which is patreon.com slash theologians, mm-hmm. and you sign up there. It's not free. It's six bucks a month. Um, one reason for that is it's not free to host book club. Right. So, like, it's just not free. Right. <laughs> uh, we have to pay every month for systems and stuff to have, like, live chats and live streams, and that's fine. Um, also, just, like... We hope that you would want to support us if you like our show. Right. Every little bit is super, super helpful. And so Patreon is one way to do that because it isn't free. Right. Like having a podcast isn't free. um, And there's a lot of stuff involved in that as well as, you know, just our time. Yeah. 
Um, and if you don't want to be a part of book club and you don't like Patreon, that's okay. Because there's also, if you want to support us monthly, <laughs> a donate button that just goes through our website. And it's that's true. at sheologians.com. And we also will use that to keep the podcast going. You know, pay our designers and our podcast host and all that. Yes. Um, we also have a shop. It's called shopsheologians.com. And um, here's something else I thought everybody knew. The other day... Kate comes to me, that's my 12-year-old, with something she drew. And she goes, this looks like the Sheologians font. And I was like, what's the Sheologians font? And she's like, you know, the Sheologians. And I was like, that's Joy's writing. Joy has designed a lot of our stuff. <laughs> um, so if you guys didn't know that, you can you should go to shop Sheologians and see that stuff there. So anyway, that's how you can support us. That's how you can join Book Club, which I highly recommend. We will have new designs <clears throat> soon okay ish yeah this what timeline are we on here so i was about when to is say this gonna come out i was about to say i would say more about book club except that by the time this episode airs i don't know where where we're gonna be in book club so i didn't want to say this is the part of the show where we explained you <laughs> just kidding and now <laughs> for our next trick um I'm 26 weeks pregnant, mm -hmm. which while you're listening to this is probably more like 36 <laughs> weeks pregnant. Uh, honestly, I don't know. 30. I can't do math. Just depending on what happens. Yeah. And so what? we're we're recording extra episodes so that after I have a baby, I don't have to come in mm -hmm. to the studio. Yeah. Or use my brain and words. Right. Um. So anyway. We'll be doing book club, I'm sure, by the time you hear this. But I don't know what book we're going to be in. But if you you if you it do join, up on me, yeah, it like does. having to pick the next one. We actually have to do that like real soon. Oh, okay. because we're well, we're in chapter seven right now of twelve. Right. So we're like cruising. We are through total truth. If you want to read Total Which Truth. Which we may or may not still be reading. Yeah. But if <laughs> you do join Book Club, all of our past d live discussions are there um, for your enjoyment if yeah. you want them. Well, and of course, we, I would say we recommend all of the books we yeah. have ever read <laughs> for Book Club. I recommend them all. <laughs> They've all been great. Yes. And yeah, we do have to start thinking about what's next. I don't know. Cool. If you have an idea for our next book club pick, you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. That's our voicemail number. Many of you have it memorized better than <laughs> I do. I was going to say, you did a pretty good job. Seems As like I was saying it, it I was like, is it my personal phone number I'm saying right now? <laughs> so... You're like in in one episode we have discussed me giving away my personal home address. <laughs> yes. And now I have given and away my personal phone number. My phone number is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm I'm going to try to explain that a little bit better in the next several episodes because I feel bad. Like I felt this poor lady emailed me and was like, I really want to join book club, but I don't understand how. And oh, I yeah. was like, oh man, I have right. been so bad at this. Yeah. Basically <laughs> you join Patreon. It's very, it's very straightforward. Um, and even when you like select the amount yeah. that you would like to give, there will be a little thing that says like the book club tier. I titled it book club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then on the day of, 
about a few hours prior to the actual meeting, Summer will post mm-hmm. the event. You will receive a notification. You can go click and on then it. you click the link when the time comes. And, t- you know, if you're a little early, there's usually some ladies in there to chat with. We get a Canada fact every week. We do. Um, as long as Carla's not sick. Right. We get our Canada facts. Um, yeah, it's but don't be scared. Don't be yeah. Don't be scared. Very simple, very straightforward, but it all lives there. And if you don't want to join book club, just support us anyway. All right. <laughs> um so this question actually came from book club, this topic. Yeah. And um I thought it was a really great topic. And one thing I love about our very different brains is that I feel like we'll even approach it differently. Right. I'm v- I was just thinking I'm very interested to see how she describes yeah, this topic or this question. Before I went to describe it, I was just aware that, <laughs> like, let's see what Joy's brain came up with for this. I think we're genuinely talking about the same thing. I do think so too. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. Yeah, but different, but different. Um, yeah, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing that, and and this is probably really because of my, uh position in life uh no season season in life um where I'm just I'm in a very like homeschool season Mm -hmm. if you were like what do you spend most of your time doing I'm with my kids in rod and staff textbooks honestly right (laughs) like that's yeah um that's what the bulk of it homework reading grading you know I'm learning relearning things yeah. or rediscovering things or um <laughs> yeah talk about totally like like oh that's not what i learned in my history class no not at my all <laughs> oh my <school>. goodness <laughs> i have to read too so i went to buy more curriculum because it was time to buy rod and staff curriculum and i absolutely loved this thing that i read which Oh, it's going to um I was just kind of telling my husband about it. I was like, I really like this curriculum because these are the kinds of questions that our kids are going to have to answer. And he was like, "Oh, do tell." And so in my daughter's history book, one of the, one of the questions is <clears throat> read Galatians 1, 6 through 9. How should Christians respond to teachers who claim to have a gospel different from the one that the Bible teaches? Oh, the answer cool. the answer they give are Christian Christians are to consider false teachers accursed. <laughs> <laughs> the question at the top of this page. I feel like that fits very well in with the topic. Yeah. At yeah. least the topic that happens in my brain okay yep okay. the version of this Great. topic in my brain <laughs> i know where you're taking it then okay right i'll let I'll, i'm gonna let you have that okay the question <laughs> at the top of the page why do most christians consider mormonism a cult <laughs> huh mormons believe false teachings this is their answer mormons believe false teachings they accept their leaders as prophets from god who can add writings to the bible and I was like, well, that's a great answer, actually. Right. Actually. right. Um, so anyway, I... And that plus <laughs> the books your dad has written. And there you go. Yeah. Complete. Totally full and complete answer. I just... Anyway, I loved it. Um, so anyway, that's... I spend a lot of my time doing that. Yeah. So I spend my, a lot of my time with elementary-aged kids, because all of my kids... Well, one's about to be junior high, but... 
depending on how you define junior high. I just found out sometimes sixth grade is junior high in places. Yes, that's how it was. My school was set up weird. Um, I went to a K through fourth and then a fifth through eighth. Okay, that's super weird to me. But the fifth through eighth was considered my middle school. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I always thought middle school was seven and eight. Whatever. Moral yeah, of the story. It is. At, yeah. Elementary, junior, junior high. That's what I've got. And um, something that I am so conscientious of creating in the house is I don't want any of my kids to be that character in the story who can't laugh at himself. Mm-hmm. Because anytime you're reading a story or watching a movie, like everyone instinctively knows the character that can't laugh at themselves is the most obnoxious character. That is yeah. the, that is like, if a, if a writer wants to tell you, we don't like this guy. Yeah. They create a situation where everyone's laughing, but he can't. Right. And that that points. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like the sign where like he tripped and he should have been able to laugh <laughs> or right. something funny happened to him and he should have been able to laugh and he can't and he can't. He is unwilling to like allow there to be a joke at his expense. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't, You're not supposed to like that person. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody knows that the kid that only wants to play to win is not a fun kid to play with. No, no, no. Like it (laughs) denies, it not only denies reality, but it basically makes them the center of of the the, universe. Yeah. It makes them, it's the main character energy that is embarrassing to have. Right. But like the other day, my daughter was holding a whiteboard (laughs) and she needed to walk through a doorway (laughs) Oh, no. And she did turn the whiteboard slightly, but not enough for it to clear the doorway. So she pushed the whiteboard into the doorway and it went, it came back and hit her in the face so hard. And it was a hilarious moment. Right. And when I was, I was proud of her because no one laughed harder than her. Right. Like, no one, we all were dying. I mean, it was hilarious. Yeah. But no one laughed harder than she did that she just didn't turn the whiteboard enough to clear the doorway. And it's like, those are the, that's what I'm talking about. That a lot of people would have been offended. Yeah. Like, oh, my nose hurt. Why do you think it's funny? You know what I mean? It's like now, obviously, when people are seriously injured. Right. That's yes. not funny. Right. But we're talking her about. nose had been bleeding. Right. If she'd broken her nose. Pretty quickly. Like, <laughs> that's a different story. But when you like, you walk into a wall, like you, if your first reaction isn't to laugh because that's hilarious. Like, I just think something's already gone wrong in yeah. terms of how you view yourself and the world. Um, I think just being easily embarrassed really does point to like a pride issue uh, that should be dealt with because ultimately mm-hmm. we're called to be humble and humble people recognize you're going to have foibles. You're going to trip over something. You're right. going to drop something. You're going to walk into something like you are a, you know, you are, a, you are a character with a body and things, funny things happen. Right. Um, and I just think it is your job. It's your job to laugh at those things 
I think the example I gave in book club was like, if you're the mom who like, maybe you're kind of having like a harried day and a lot of stuff is going on and you like watch, walk by like the door or the kitchen handle and it grabs like the belt the loop of your jeans of your or, or whatever. Yeah. It is so incumbent upon you to laugh. Right. Like if you freak out at that moment, what you're teaching your you're teaching your kids a very bad thing, yeah. which is to be that character in the story that literally no one wants to be around. Yeah. You take yourself too seriously. It's bad. Yeah, I think that it's kind of just a sign that you have improperly placed yourself in the story. Like if you are embarrassed too easily, you have made yourself too much of a headliner in everyone else's story. Um, oh, yeah. And this is something that, uh, oh, my gosh, when I was a kid, I was just constantly embarrassed. Yeah. Never wanted to do anything stupid in front of anybody. Uh-huh. What I did was I um, mm-hmm. signed myself up for a lot of really boring sitting on the sidelines, yeah. being afraid to fail in front of people, convincing myself that people wouldn't like me. Um, yeah. And what I was doing in that moment was making me the center of their life yep. when really um, I, they weren't thinking about me. And actually what made what made me appear more obvious mm-hmm. was the fact that I had such a bad attitude mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like, OK, here goes the weird girl again, not wanting to do anything in front of anybody for fear that she will do something stupid and we will all laugh at her. It's also not incredibly charitable to assume that everyone who laughs in a funny situation is laughing at your expense or that everyone who is watching you is always thinking poorly of you or waiting for you to mess up. It almost exposes that that's like what you think. If you assume... When you do something silly or you have a foible, that the only possible reason anybody could laugh at that is because they hate your guts and think you're a stupid idiot. Right. That actually just exposes that it's likely that when you see those situations, you're thinking how stupid someone is. Or you just or you legitimately think you're a stupid idiot, which I Mm. think also it also shows some conceit. Yeah. There's I know that we're very inclined nowadays, especially when we're talking about a young person, we're very inclined to say like, oh, well, they just have low self-esteem. What does their home life look like? And, you know, there may be some things that play into why a young person would feel like they were a stupid idiot all the time. Sure. Um, but it's also it just regardless of how you cut it, it really is expressing mm-hmm. that you that if anything you think you're such a stupid idiot um whether that's true or not you think it's so obvious to everyone around you that all they can do is think about you um right and that really exposes that all you can do is think about you right which even though it's you you're not supposed to be doing (laughs) you're not supposed to only ever be thinking about yourself right um and so yeah i don't know i think we maybe, especially when it comes to kids we maybe miss the mark a little bit Mm -hmm. with that. Um, And I just have to tell you that learning to laugh at yourself in your late teens is not as fun (laughs) as learning to do it when you're seven. (laughs) Right. Um, And I would, I would, because it, like you said, it is pride. Yeah. And um, it's the younger you can 
start to conquer mm-hmm. and war against your pride the better absolutely recommend <laughs> just do it and don't assume you're the main character don't let your kids assume they're the main character right um when my daughter walked into the well when she walked into the doorway with the whiteboard and smacked herself in the face like the reason she could laugh at herself was i do think because we have it's it's safe to do so like i've right. made it very clear not only is it safe to do so it it's actually like your duty to not just have an overreaction to every petty little silly thing that happens mm-hmm. being able to brush those off and be like man that's that's funny right um i think is an attitude of having an a, a proportionate response to something right yeah i think um that's a good word is proportionate basically appropriate your responses are appropriate for for the occasion and if it's just some little mm-hmm. foible or some little thing right. you'd see in a situational comedy right maybe the be- like if you're living in a situational comedy maybe the best thing to do is laugh like or yeah go with the it. camera yeah turn and look at exactly <laughs> and then the audience yeah. can laugh well we've uh, all seen the meme where it's like i don't remember the exact verbiage but it's like you've had this really, really long day. All these difficult things have happened. And like the, <laughs> you get home and you have a handful of all your stuff and your work stuff and your groceries. And then you drop your keys. Right. And like, that's the straw right. that broke the camel's yes. back. Mm-hmm. That is the moment where if you haven't practiced laughing at yourself. Oh yeah. You are going to lose it. Yeah. Here's at that one. moment. Here's one. I watched this. I do not even know how I found it, but I watched this compilation of people dropping cakes while they're on their way into an event (laughs) yeah and (laughs) surprisingly most people like they kind of start to react and then they're just like what can like what can you do (laughs) i can't pick the cake up and pretend like nothing happened right um the cake is undeniably gone and no longer a part of my day right cleaning it up (laughs) right there's nothing. Um, you cannot put it back together. Right. Like Yeah, it's, it's not happening because most of the time when when a cake falls, it falls completely upside down. Right. And it's over. And it's done. And just <laughs> like there we're talking about like CCTV footage and ring doorbells. Yeah. We're not talking about sound. There's no one you can't hear. You don't anyone. even need the sound. Yeah, like, you just see them like You don't need the sound. Oh no. <laughs> You don't even need the sound at that well, point. Well, so I think that um, I think it's important to to just even if you're not there right away, yeah, to get there, get there, yes. <laughs> to yes, you kind of start to like overreact, and then it's like, okay, no, it's never too late to laugh at yourself. Is what I'm no, saying. It's not. It's never too late to be like. Well, at least when I go up to the going away party of my coworker who's leaving tomorrow, <laughs> I'll have a funny story about how I right. just dropped her cake face down right. into the pavement and now there is no cake. Right. I mean, it's almost more. Here's the thing. It's more memorable that someone dropped the cake than the cake would be if everything was fine. Right. Like, you don't remember every cake you've ever eaten. Right. Like, but the one that you didn't get to eat because your coworker dropped it, like, that's a funny story. Yeah. Thank you for the funny story right. is what is where I would be if someone dropped 
right. the cake. Right. But the reason I thought about this at all, I do think it's related to the question mm-hmm. of how can you mock something or someone and still be compassionate? Mm-hmm. Like if someone is engaging in something really foolish or they believe something that's foolish, like what's the line between being a compassionate Christian towards them and being mocking? And the reason I thought about, well, first you have to have the skill to laugh at yourself is just because if you, I bet every single one of us right now can think of someone in our life who cannot laugh at themselves. They take themselves too seriously. They are uh, very prideful and they're just not the kind of person that can handle the door grabbing their belt loop. And if you think about that person, I would bet everything I own that they are they are consistent mockers and it is probably very cruel. And the reason I think that is because they don't understand the difference between something that is funny and something that is like appropriate. And so, so they are also the person who, if my daughter had broken her nose with the whiteboard, they probably would have laughed. That's my bet. Okay. I think they would have laughed. I think they would have been like, ha ha, that sucks for you. And I don't think there would have been any compassion there. Because you, you, well, we were talking about this a little bit with a different topic, but like your definition of something kind of will, uh, I guess the subjectivity of your definition, however much it morphs or if you have a bad weak definition of compassion, mm-hmm. you're your compassion is not going to be super reliable. It's not proportionate. It's going to be a little all over the, yeah. Your mocking is not, yeah. Your mocking is not proportionate to the scenario. Your compassion is not proportionate to the scenario. You Um, haven't defined that well for yourself. So you can't, when you haven't been discipled and you can't minister to yourself on what true compassion is because you don't have a firm foundation in what it, in what, is compassion versus yes. what is mocking. I think when your your view of yourself is proportionate, then the way that you interact with other people will be as well. Right. And so my answer is if you don't think mocking can be compassionate, I don't think you've really grown up in that environment where I think maybe it's been a too self-serious environment. I don't think yeah. people have laughed when they've walked the whiteboard into their nose. Mm-hmm. Um, And the reason I think that is that I do think mocking can be compassionate if it is proportionate to the scenario. So just like being needlessly cruel is not a virtue. Right. But when Elijah mocked the prophets of Baal and was like, literally like, is your God on the toilet? Right. That was proportionate to what and not, the pro- ju- not just because he made it into the Bible. Right. <laughs> I think sometimes that's what we think is like, well, that mockery right. made it into the Bible. So that obviously God was okay with that one. Right. No, it is, it is proportionate to the scenario that was happening. And so I do think a lot of people maybe just have grown up a lot around just needlessly cruel 
mocking around people who have not responded proportionately to scenarios. And so then when you think of mocking, it's just this, it's always this needlessly cruel thing. Right. Well, we've also been very trained in fake compassion in our culture. That doesn't help. Which is, so then you're just, you're kind of just doing, (laughs) you're, you're sort of like just a product of your training and you're all over the place. Right. Um, without any real consistent, uh, you really have no way to inventory your compassion or right. your mocking, your satire. Right. Um, because you ha- like you've been trained mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I have been thinking it was, it, it was interesting because we had this question come in. So I've been trying to think like, what do I have to say about that? Do I have thoughts? <laughs> do I have thoughts? Do about I? That? What do I think? Of course I do. And so, um, <laughs> we, uh, my husband and I are in an interesting season in our life, which is funny that we both, because we both think differently, but we both also ultimately are talking about <laughs> where seasons. we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so we have a little, um, almost three year old uh chatterbox yes you do and something funny happened which is that she started saying the word stupid oh (laughs) okay Uh uh-huh and so i was like hmm you know i was like you know we're not gonna say that word and i was like why am i training her to not say that word and i was like so i need to think about that i'm training my almost three-year-old to not say that word because i don't believe i can because of her understanding, mm. I don't think she it can handle the, the weight nuance of, it. of that that word. Yeah, she is not. Um, she doesn't know how to use it appropriately because she's little. Um, so that's I think a good enough reason to train someone to not use the word stupid. Yep. Now, does that mean that stupidity doesn't exist? No. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, so there's. Yeah. As she grows and is able to handle more, mm-hmm. we're going to revisit this conversation yeah. about the word stupid. Yeah. She's going to hear me say it. Yeah. Obviously, she already has. <laughs> yes. Or her dad say it or. Right. We just visited family. I don't know even where she picked it up from. Right. Um, But it's a, a word that I use on occasion. And sometimes even specifically, I'm pretty sure I've used it on this show in regards to just utter foolishness. Yeah. Um. And so, so I was kind of thinking of the word stupid as this, like, so stupid or foolish. Stupid is a way to describe foolishness. Yeah. Um, now, stupid has a very clear cultural connotation, I feel, which could be um, described as offensive or mocking. Um, and in my mind, I, so... There's there's obviously a distinction here that needs to be made. Um, we don't just throw the word stupid out of our mm-hmm. uh, vocabulary, mm-hmm. but we can make a distinction, which is that there is stupid can be a an indictment of sin mm-hmm. and foolishness, mm-hmm. or it can be a cruel word mm-hmm. where you are told, yeah, you're dumb, like you're dumb, you're not anything, you're mm-hmm. not valuable. Mm-hmm. worthy like i think you're stupid i don't care about you um your feelings are stupid there this is a stupid can be an incredibly hurtful word 
Yeah. And I think that in our culture, we kind of hear that word and we automatically assume it's meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might even be, instead of evaluating what the person meant by the use of the word stupid, we may even be quick to say that they're mocking and being cruel falsely sure. yeah. without knowing. Yeah. Like it's almost to the point where if you see that word, mm-hmm. it's automatically bad, bad. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about there, there was just a lot of things that I thought about, like, you know, maybe sometimes you use a word that has a certain cultural connotation to clarify your point further. Yeah. And maybe there's a time you use a synonym for stupid mm-hmm. because it wouldn't, it would not totally encapsulate what you mean. Sure. And it's a kindness to the yeah. person that you're trying to speak to. Um, it's yeah. not a good idea to go up to your mother-in-law that you have slowly over time been trying to witness to. But my mother-in-law is a Christian, so this is not a specific <laughs> example. Yeah. <laughs> um, and be like, that's, that's dumb. <laughs> that's stupid. Right. Um, or to just to declare her actions yeah. as uh, just like to utter folly and foolishness. <laughs> right. Uh, because those of us who... <laughs> aren't into the Puritans would be like, who even uses the word foolish nowadays (laughs) anyway. And so what I'm saying is that their circumstances and situations are different. This is, we're really ultimately talking about the same thing, which is appropriateness. Yeah. And I really do believe that it's inappropriate to never train your child Mm -hmm. the appropriate usage of the word stupid. Yeah. Um, And now I think that means that I'll probably teach Georgia a lot of words that mean stupid, Mm -hmm. some which are more kind. Sure. um, Some which uh, maybe depending on the situation we're talking about are a little more clear. Yeah. Um, And then there are going to be times, like I said, where I think Mm -hmm. that you use a culturally like important word yeah to fully say like like i honestly think that there's a lot of sin that Mm -hmm. i would absolutely say is stupid yeah um because it is utter foolishness yeah um and i think that i do think that to some extent we are afraid to use words yeah in their full meaning yeah but we shouldn't be no afraid to call something stupid if it's that is stupid well and that's something that so my husband does that all the time with me that I, and I think it's compassionate in that if I confess to him, like this is something I've been thinking or this is something I'm been feeling. Right. And it's, and I, it's wrong. Like yeah. I'm confessing it because it's wrong. He'll mm-hmm. be like, well, that's stupid. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like that. Usually, that's you a good... know when you're saying by the time you've actually said it out loud. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. Okay. No, that's a I'm good hearing it. <laughs> like he's mocking this idea Right. That I am, I'm confessing I've been engaging in. Right. And he's like, yeah, that's stupid. And yep. it's compassionate. I need to hear right. from him that that thing I've been thinking is stupid. Right. Um, and It's that's, not compassion for your stupidity. It right. It is actually compassion. For me. For him to remind you. Yeah. That it is stupid. That's wrong. That's foolish. That's not true. You're not even close. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and sometimes, so, and so that's why I do think that mocking something can be compassionate for the hearer. Right. Um, and you have to have that category in your life. Like right. if you don't have that category in your life, even scripture is going to be hard for you to read. 
Like it's going to be really hard yeah. because there's so many examples in scripture of the prophets. Like I said, I brought up the prophets of Baal mm-hmm. earlier of Ma- and, but that is a, that's like a peak in your face example. But if you read <laughs> the prophets, um, you're going to come across that quite a lot. Right. Uh, and so not having a category for that is just not going to be helpful. I think a lot yeah. of Christians have this idea that we have to seem compassionate right. to whoever we're speaking to. Which is false compassion. Right. Which is, If you're pretending yes. to be compassionate, you're pretending. Yes. And so that is where the discernment piece comes in, mm-hmm. which we did talk a little bit about in book club of just like people's... so. You need to be able to hold two things at the same time. One, you need to be able to read a room. Yeah. But two, Mm -hmm. you need to not make other people's reactions a litmus test for truth. Right. So if I walked into a room full of university students who were there to celebrate uh, abortion... And they all hated everything I had to say and told me I was a horrible person. That was unkind and you don't care for us. Then I probably did something right. <laughs> like the que- the reading, the proper, the proportionate reading of the room in that scenario would say that if a whole bunch of pro-choice people who are celebrating baby murder think that I'm the best person ever, that uh, that's probably not right. That yeah. doesn't, again... That doesn't mean we need to be needlessly cruel. Right. The goal isn't to make someone upset with you. I've, if you, There's a difference between being in the room which a bunch, with a bunch of pro-abortion people and saying, y'all are stupid. <laughs> and someone who uh, you called away from a Planned Parenthood coming and talking to you and wanting to, <laughs> asking questions, wanting to keep their child potentially you in yes. that moment there is a better way yes to, there is a better word that still means stupid or foolish right that is more compassionate yes. but it's not the word itself right. and it's not their response right and i think that that is what we give so much power especially on social media to people that just want to walk into a thread mm. and they're basically kicking the door in and they're going, I have declared this uncompassionate <laughs> mocking full of hatred. And I can yeah. tell by your tone yeah. and I can this and this and blah, blah, blah. That yeah. person is not the barometer no. for whether or not you are being compassionate. No. Um, the point is, is you may not, I, I would not recommend at all looking to other people to determine if you are compassionate. I do absolutely recommend having a firm objective standard for what is compassionate versus Mm -hmm. what is cruel. Yeah. And then determining for yourself and being willing to say, you know, I use the word stupid, but I could have probably used something a little softer Sure. or I've been using the soft words and now it's time for me to say the word stupid to my whoever, my family member that is, actively engaged in x y and z yeah. who i've had who i can talk to that way and they can handle it mm-hmm. um and so yeah i think that that to some extent your this conversation <laughs> is uh i guess the application of this conversation can only take place inside of you 
Yeah. And obviously people that you're well, close with. And then in your in your actions the next time that right. someone needs to be told something that might be considered mocking. Yeah. I think a lot of the problem comes that just a lot of Christians aren't willing to be disliked. Right. A lot of Christians are not willing to seem unsavory. Right. And there's a real shame in that. There's a real shame in seeking to be a man pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a real shame in um, kind of tiptoeing around maybe hard things that need to be said because you're afraid of people's response. Well, and it's like at that point, you're not even afraid of their response. You're afraid of being called uncompassionate and cruel. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, you, the, of course, there's two ditches on either side. You can be yeah. the bull in the china shop, which, you know what? Sometimes the bull needs to go into the china shop. The, sometimes, honestly, you can have you can have grace in these situations because there is an element of just maturity and growing yeah. here. There is a moment yeah. where there is absolutely a moment um, where the unbridled mm-hmm. borderline and sometimes not borderline cruel yeah. person needs to be taken aside and very compassionately told, Hey, yeah. <laughs> do you remember that you are also a sinner? Right. <laughs> do you remember like, yeah. you know, um, do you remember that the Bible also says to treat people how you would like yeah. them to treat you in return? Yeah. Um, well, and I think just have some confidence. Like at the end of the day, if you're like, Oh, I just never know. Like, should I go this direction or should I go that direction? I just, here's a question I have for you. Let's say, let's say you are a mom with an infant and this infant has had a horrible diaper blowout and you're in the middle of trying to clean up the infant and wipe up all the horrible mess Mm -hmm. and then the doorbell rings and an Amazon package was left at the door. Are you all really confused? Like situationally, which one should be like, which I don't know what to do. Like none of you are like, I don't know. Do I just like leave the baby unsupervised on the changing table covered in poo and go get the box? Like, no, you already know which one needs to be dealt with first. You already know. And I think a lot of people just don't have the confidence to apply things that they already know. Right. And then go do it. Well, and I think that comes from using other people as the barometer for your own personal faithfulness. Yeah. And not to say that when you let not to say that looking inside yourself will always produce sinlessness. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not what I'm saying. That is not our position here. <laughs> just in case anyone's confused. Never has been. We will never say that. No. <laughs> Ever. If you hear us saying no. it, feel free to compassionately yeah. or cruelly call yeah. us out on that. But what I'm saying is <laughs> I just if you're if you're telling me if you are a Christian who's in the word regularly and you're telling me, I don't know, I'm just so bad at this. Part of me wants to say, I don't believe you. You have to be. You are you not. Need to, you need to apply what you know. You need to be a little more courageous than you're being. Yeah. Which is that you can. You know, and sometimes, sometimes courage can, can lead you to say something that you shouldn't have. And then it's courageous to ask for forgiveness and repent. Confess and repent. Um, and, and I, I just don't think in terms of whether we're dealing with a 
shortage or an overabundance of courage in our culture, I would say we're dealing with a shortage. Um, so most of the time mm-hmm. when people are waffling, it's not because of their there's extra a shortage. courage. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I think that this is, this is time and time again, we, it, we get back to this. This yeah. is the issue with Christians being unable to actually have a seat at the table yeah. to actually be a part of the culture yeah. in a transformative way yeah. is that we, we run up to the front line and mm-hmm. then we're afraid. Yeah. And so this is just, mm-hmm. this is something we all have to, we all need to be more courageous. Yeah. Um, and, and just more firm and understand like if you are, you are, you have, you are in a position to be the most confident and create and courageous. If you are, there's that word I said wrong that I talked about earlier. Um, <laughs> courageous. My, courageous is what I was going to say. My brain auto corrected it. Just see, there we go. <laughs> Sometimes you do something, you say this something is actually, and nobody even notices. This is a problem I think between you and I though, because <laughs> I think we auto correct each other. <laughs> Like I hear what you're meaning to say, and, oh, and then, then like, nobody else. Knows well, then, <laughs> yeah. And then a couple of weeks ago, when we were having our really stupid <laughs> discussion about like what we thought pre-flood oh, uh-huh. culture was like, I kept saying over and over pre-fall. Oh, and you <laughs> knew that I did not mean pre-fall to the point that I did not even to the hear point you that you didn't it. hear it, and I knew that I didn't mean right. pre-fall to the point that. I didn't hear it. Oh no. And then people were like, um, you think there was a culture before the fall? <laughs> people were like, wasn't it just Adam and Eve? <laughs> this whole time I thought it was just Adam and Eve and I'm listening oh, to you. Gosh, and I was careful. like, oh no. I was like, Joy didn't hear it. I didn't hear it because we just autocorrect each other. Anyway. Uh-huh. No, you're I think the the point is you need to be stubborn about doing the right thing. I think that's that's kind of like my definition of being courageous right. is that you are stubbornly doing the right thing. You're which includes which includes discernment. Yes. If you a man who is really being courageous or a woman who is really being courageous is not being mindless. No. They are sober minded. Yes. They are thinking. Yes. They're educated and wisdom. The opposite yes. of foolishness is wisdom. Yes. So when we say courageous, we are not just saying like just <laughs> jump through the jump into the burning building and that's not what we're talking about. No. Without any thought. Don't put your kids in a car seat because we trust the Lord. That is not no. the moral of the story. No. The discernment aspect is are you willing to be stubborn about the right thing? And are you willing to be disliked to, to do the right thing? And sometimes the right thing is going to upset the entire room. And honestly, if that's not something that you can practice, your kids are going to run wild. Because I know far too many parents who are way too afraid to do something that's going to displease their child. Yeah. Like a genuine, oh, your mic just is... It came unplugged. Okay, there you go. Um, you are setting up your children for failure right. if you are too afraid to do anything that they might not like. And that means if you have that very self-serious, sensitive child, 
you need to address that. And I think actually sometimes parents will think, well, my child's really sensitive. So I feel like if I did that, like if I laughed, like it would hurt their feelings. I'm I'm saying no. I actually think in that situation, you need to lean in. If you have a child who is like terrified of everything, cannot laugh at anything, yeah. you need to take them by the hand and you need to go with them into something that might be scary. Yeah. And you need to te- like show them through your actions that it is good to be able to laugh at yourself. And it it shouldn't be, well, their feelings get hurt, so I'm never going to laugh. No, right. it should be you should laugh, and then you should encourage them to join you. Right. You should be like, honey, wasn't it so funny? I thought I've that's happened to me before. Like, mm-hmm. I've done that. Like, you should bring them into it. I think a lot of times the parental reaction is, oh, they didn't like that thing, so I'm just going to hide it from them. Right. And I'm just going to shield it from them. And what happens is you're creating a space for that to grow in them even mm-hmm. bigger than it already is. And it's something that needs to be knocked down. Um, it's inappropriate. It's not right. You, it's your responsibility to teach your children a proportionate response and weeping over tripping when you have not been injured is not a proportionate response. You don't want to train your kids that everything is cruelty. No, no. We've been doing that for far too long. Oh yeah. And now here we are, fully grown adults, wondering, like, how do I be a nice person? <laughs> like, well. Well, yeah. Well, and <laughs> not to mention the mental health epidemic mm. that everyone says we are in. Yeah. And it's like, oh, a, a whole generation of people that are just scared of everything. I wonder what happened. I wonder, how did we get here? Anyway, we could. Okay. I, that's, I got nothing else. <laughs> Have we sufficiently answered your question? Okay. You can. Leave us a voicemail with your hilarious story about the time you broke your nose and everyone laughed at 470-465-0475. And don't forget, if you want to join Patreon or just support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash sheologians or at the donate button at sheologians.com. And we will see you guys next week. See ya.